I speak to you in the name of the one God, Father, Son. The story of the rich man and Lazarus, which appears only in Luke, follows two other stories about a certain rich man. In these stories, Jesus challenges us to think about how we use our wealth. Now, some of you may be saying to yourselves, wealth? What wealth? Don't you know I'm a poor seminarian? <laughs> and when you're trying to make ends meet, it can be frustrating to hear that, compared to the rest of the world, we are among the 1%. So today I'd like to propose that how we use our resources, including our money, is intimately connected with how we see. Jesus, surrounded by a crowd that includes some wealthy religious leaders, tells of a poor man, Lazarus, who is laid, more accurately, dumped at the gate of a rich, unnamed man. Lazarus is at the gate day after day after day after day. So we can ask ourselves, is it really possible not to see someone in plain sight? Not to see someone that even stray dogs can see? Not to see someone who is dying from hunger little by little, day after agonizing day? Meanwhile, on the other side of the gate, the rich man devours food with unrestrained indulgence, day after festive day. Throwing the breadcrumbs that he uses to clean his plate anywhere but near the starving man, day in and day out. Even though each day brings with it new opportunities, opportunities to see with fresh eyes, to turn around, to choose differently. Opportunities missed or dismissed. Because the rich man does in fact see. In Hades, he begs Father Abraham, send Lazarus to dip his finger. Send Lazarus to tell my brothers. In life, Lazarus is of no use to him, so why should he pay attention to him? In death, Lazarus might just be useful. So why shouldn't Lazarus become his errand boy? But neither in life nor death does he bother to speak to Lazarus. After all, Lazarus is not his equal, perhaps not even a full human being, and certainly not worthy of the rich man's money his time, or his attention. That, my brothers and sisters, is the world's way. And it is the way that leads to death. If you've ever been ignored, rejected, or abandoned, if you've ever been treated as invisible, or have been used as a means to an end, if you've ever been judged as less than because of your appearance, your income, or your social standing, especially if it happens by people of faith, then you've caught a glimpse of the plight of the Lazaruses of this world. 
The rich man's behavior and its consequences serves as a wake-up call to those who, as descendants of Abraham, hear but choose not to follow admonition after admonition from both the law and the prophets. Admonitions to remember and to care for the poor, the widow, the orphan, and the outcast. As people of faith, they would have heard story after story about the God who sees. The God who sees all that God makes and says that it is very good. The God who not only sees the suffering of a rejected, runaway, impoverished Egyptian slave, but makes her such a mind-boggling promise that she responds with awe, I have now seen the one who sees me. You are the God who sees me. The God who not only sees, but enlists the aid of the Hebrew outsider who grew up in Pharaoh's palace. I have seen the misery of my people who are in Egypt. I have heard their cry. I know their sufferings, and I have come down to deliver them. This is the God who not only sees, but acts who knows that at times we all need to see some sign of God's love for us, who shows us that love in the person of Jesus and who calls God's people to remind all of the Lazaruses of this world that they too are seen, that they too are loved, that they too matter in the eyes of God. So if God's people become so self-focused that we cannot see the Lazaruses around us, the world's way of attributing value to human beings just might crush them. No wonder then that God reminds us through liberation theologians about God's preferential option for the poor. God sees. It's no wonder that the name Lazarus means God is my help. God not only sees, but God acts. Like the rich man, some in Jesus' audience do not understand that it's not enough to call Abraham their father, who, as Jesus reminds us in yet another gospel story, do not presume to say to yourselves, we have Abraham as our father. For I tell you, God is able from these stones to raise up children for Abraham. Abraham was rich. So this story is not simply what some may reduce it to, that God does not like people who are rich. We do not know about the moral character of Lazarus, so we cannot reduce it to the fact that, oh, Lazarus was good, and therefore he is in the bosom of Abraham after death. There is nothing that suggests that Lazarus was good nor bad. This story is not about a God who dislikes wealth, or wealthy people. It is in fact a story about how we see, who we see as worthy or unworthy of our time, our money, and our attention. 
Now I suspect that I am preaching to the choir because most of us are pretty generous people. So for many of us, it may not be about money. It may be more about more subtle temptations. The temptation to make it a habit of ignoring certain people in our community. The habit of going over someone's head if it means getting what we want. The habit of using someone's niceness or their fear of conflict, or their desire to please to our advantage. All of these are examples of a level of self-focus that denies the inherent dignity of another human being, especially of those that we may see as lower in the hierarchy. But as Thomas Keating reminds us, God will bring people and events into our lives, and whatever we may think about them, whatever we may think about them, they are designed for the evolution of God's life in us. Because I don't know about you, but people who I see as different are often my greatest teachers. They show me things in myself that I may not otherwise see. Things that need to be brought to the surface so that they can be exposed to the healing light and love of God. I wonder how different the rich man's experiences in life and in death would have been had he chosen to see Lazarus. How might his relationship with someone outside his normal circle shaped his life with God? How might his brother's choices have been influenced if he had had a change of heart in life? But Jesus reminds us through the parable that there's still time for the rich man's brothers and for us. Time to choose to see beyond that which is merely skin deep. Time to choose to be a light to those around us. Time to be a force for God's dream for the world. And that, my brothers and sisters, is the way that leads to life. In a few minutes, I will invite us to listen to a song. The lyrics remind us of the importance of seeing beyond the surface, beyond skin deep. It reminds us of the importance of treating others the way we would like to be treated. As you listen, you will also have the opportunity to receive light from and to give light to another person's candle. At the end of the song, as I invite you to extinguish your candles, I would like to also invite you to consider one way during this Lenten season, one way in which you can be a child of light to someone who on the surface seems to be different from you. But at a closer glance, you might find it's much more like you than you can possibly imagine. My brothers and sisters, you and I are called to be 
a light in the darkness. I've been around a while I know wrong from right 